And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. Let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Today is Wowser Bowser Wednesday because God is in charge of this crazy bus called The Christian Journey. First, it is difficult to imagine why the Lord allows some of the worst leaders to continue on leading. But of course, this is why he is God and we are not. We do not see the unfolding of time the way that God does. And his purposes, which are more important than our human perceptions, his purposes will prevail. It's as though God t- could take someone or could take some uh, someone one brick short of the load. So let me say that. It's like God takes somebody who's one brick short of the load. There it goes. And move them into a good place. But Davy, that could not happen with politicians, could it? You're right. I guess that can only happen with people who commit murder. Oh, like the Apostle Paul. And then God changed him. Oh, see, God can do it to anybody. That's the whole point. He can change anybody. Next, there are reasons for the struggles we go through. There are reasons for deliverances that we receive. One of the most profound truths of the faith is that God allows life events to show the depth of the darkness of mankind. He then turns the situation in such a miraculous fashion to show his compassion and wisdom. Gee, if we would only learn from what he teaches us instead of just trying to survive it all. And finally, the real challenge is what kind of clothing we should wear. First, of course, we know we should put on the armor of God as mentioned in Ephesians 6 daily. But there, that is so we can deal with the enemy in the world. So what kind of clothing should we wear to engage with God daily and directly? The answer is as simple as pie. Humble pie. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show, just trying to figure out if the host can read his own introduction. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing, politics, entertainment, and current events, personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanity is annoying so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. david at hemustincrease.org. Text us, 214-210-8483, 214-210-8483. Or call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. People are like, why do you give out the phone number so much? Because new people listen to the show. And so they want to know how to do that. And when you call 972-445, I told you everything's not about you. When you call 972-445-0770, you get to talk to Captain Chris. Let me tell you what that's like. That's like driving your normal route 
in Texas, and then finding out that day they finally finished all the construction, and it's smooth as can be. And then you will be... Can't possibly imagine where I came up with that one, could you? (laughs) It's never happened before, so I don't know. It's happened to us twice since we've been in Texas in four and a half years. I will say twice. Today was one day, and then about a year ago. (laughs) I have a theory, by the way. Everybody, just listen to this theory before we get to this, right? I think every in all construction in the United States, they they dig into the ground. And they start doing the pipe work and the electric work and all the stuff that they got to do. And then the guy that's in charge loses his favorite wrench. They pour it all back together. And the guy goes, my favorite wrench. And then they rip it all back up. (laughs) This is my theory. (laughs) Then they try and find it again. Uh, Okay. Just uh, to let you know, if you've got an opinion, a thought, a comment, or a question, you are welcome to reach out to us. Not a Kvetch Fest. There are great shows for that. And we encourage you to participate in those. But this is a little bit more about encouraging and strengthening and lifting up one another because there's plenty of the other stuff. You can do that anytime. On multiple facets, you can do that. On this show, our goal is to encourage one another daily as we see the day of the Lord returning, coming about faster and faster. Jesus is coming back. He's not asking anybody. He's not asking anybody, hey, lay out a map for me so I can come. No, nah, no, nah, wrong. Jesus is coming again, period. And either people are going to get on board with it and strengthen one another and help advance the kingdom until that time or not. That's it. So we're just here to say, well, let's do our best to do that very thing. So now you can have a praise report or a prayer request or a question. You might be wondering, you know, why, you know, why things are going about the way that they are. Or you might have a potential answer to a trivia question, a trivia question like this one. In Jesus's story of the rich man and the beggar, Lazarus. Very nice of him to use his friend's name in this story, by the way. What happens to the rich man when he dies? What happened to the rich man in the story that Jesus tells about the rich man and the beggar man named Lazarus? If you think you know, by the way, you can reach out to us by calling 972-445-0770, as we told you. You can text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Al is the first one to strike. Nice job, Al. Pow, pow. Good work there. Uh, We will give people a chance to look through that as well. I do want to remind people about some things that are are going on. So we are going to pray for the audience, do something a little different. I want to pray for everybody to have peace of mind because it just seems like there's a lot of like – not just for me. I'm actually kind of chilling out, so it's kind of nice because I'm kind of coming into a wind down after multiple, multiple years. But it – is evident that some people are just really it's the things are overwhelming or just not able to put their finger on what's going on and what we need more than anything else is the chill factor yeah i know it's not theological but who cares all right let's pray father we come before you right now we thank you praise you we worship you you are so awesome to us you're kind we don't understand everything you, you do we don't 
I mean, we're finite people trying to understand an infinite God. Hmm. But we surrender ourselves. Your servant Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. It's got to be some of that in us, Lord. And so I pray right now for our audience, for the people out there that are going through it, Lord, that there would be a peace that passes all understanding that comes from you and that their hearts and minds would be kept in you by your safety and by your grace. Nothing escapes you. Nothing is beyond you. And we turn our face towards you, humble our hearts before you, and say, please, more of you, more of your presence, more of your grace, we need you. Pour out your peace upon your people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay. All right. So uh, we'll go a little long on this one if you had not yet finished. <laughs> Christy's like, yeah, I don't keep a watch. Uh, here's the trivia question. In Jesus' story of the rich man and the beggar Lazarus, what happens to the rich man when he dies? Uh, you have that opportunity for a little bit to answer that. Uh, the call number is 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david, at he must increase dot org. So I'm going to talk about something that many people will get excited about in the beginning and then won't be as excited about it as we move forward. As I am reading to you from Second Chronicles chapter 33, we have taught on this before. I actually was like, Lord, am I supposed to teach on this? I mean, again, really? I mean, it's not like it's, it's like I just got that impression. You guys need to learn it. <laughs> Okay. Second Chronicles chapter 33. We're going to pick up. This is Manasseh. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 55 years. That's a long time to reign. It's not as long as the queen, right? But it's a long time, right? Verse 2, he did evil in the eyes of the Lord following the detestable practices of of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. Wow. So I'm just going to give you a quick highlight on this because I don't want to go too deep into this, okay? Ready? Here's some of the things he did. He rebuilt the high—this is verse 3. He rebuilt the high places his father Hezekiah had demolished. He erected altars to the Baals, made Asherah poles. He bowed down to all the starry hosts and worshipped them. He built altars uh, in the temple of the Lord, of, of which the Lord said, My name will remain in Jerusalem forever. In both courts of the temple of the Lord, he built altars to all the starry hosts. He sacrificed children in the fire in the valley of Ben-Hinnom practiced divination and witchcraft, sought omens, consulted mediums and spiritualists, and did much evil in the eyes of the Lord. This guy is the worst leader ever. <laughs> it doesn't matter what anybody, don't. This guy is so bad. I mean, it's not even funny how bad he is. This is a king in, in Jerusalem, and this guy is doing Every single thing possibly wrong. More so than American politics, this guy is personally involved in sacrificing children on altars, personally involved in witchcraft and divination, personally involved in building temples to foreign gods in God's temple. <laughs> this guy's like, wow. Right? This is terrible, right? It's terrible. 
Verse 10, the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, and they paid no attention. (laughs) We're not listening to you. Verse 11, so the Lord brought against the brought against them an army army commanders of the king of Assyria who took Manasseh prisoner, putting a hook in his nose and bound him with brown shackles and took him to Babylon. God is trying to get somebody's attention. They're not going to respond. God puts a hook in their nose and says, oh, yes, you are. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you're going this way. <laughs> Even the defiance, no, I'm not going to listen to God. And then there's a hook in his nose. Okay, I guess apparently I am. It's kind of like the Damascus thing where, you know, Saul's on the road and I'm going to go beat up the Christians. Then he gets knocked on his keister and he's blind and he's like the Lord's going, ahem. It's like, that's it. That that program just ended, okay? And for those freaked out free will people on that, there's no free will there. <laughs> Come on. God said, that's enough. All right? Here's the bottom line. Verse 12, in his distress, he sought the favor of the Lord, and he humbled himself greatly before the God of his ancestors. In other words, the guy as bad as he is, and come on, who wouldn't think they should have taken that guy's head off? They should have shipped that guy off to wherever land because he's terrible. In his distress, what does he do? He seeks God. Ah, just leave it right there. Ah, we'll answer the trivia question real quickly. Then we'll take our break. He seeks God in the distress. That's amazing. Uh, in Jesus' story of the rich man and the beggar Lazarus, what happens to the rich man when he dies? That's the question. Here's the answer. He is sent to hell. There you go. Yikes. Oh, Jesus never talked about hell. Eh, wrong answer. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Just as I am, each Have you ever wanted to get involved with a ministry that promotes Jesus Christ as Lord, but just don't know how? Serving in ministry is a matter of devotion, time, and talent. Are you looking for a place to try and test the waters? Do you want to get involved? Come join the Ambassadors Initiative. Be an ambassador for the David Spoon Experience. It doesn't pay great. Actually, it doesn't pay anything. But the eternal benefits are out of this world. Be a representative. Why not? It couldn't hurt. Well, we hope not anyway. You don't need to be a professionally qualified minister. You need to have a pulse. By that, we mean you need to have a heart. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassador's Initiative link. Fill out the form and we will reach out to you. Sorry. No parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. The David Spoon Experience. Again, Dr. Robert Jeffress. Doctor, are you there with us? I'm here with you, David. Uh, I'm so glad that you're here. I got to ask you this question. I'm, 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 you know, I, I get a little fiery, especially when uh, Christians are being accused of things that are uh, false, and that happens all the time, especially in the media. And I think you, if you remember our very first time we ever talked, I told you how impressed I was with you that you are able to keep 
your uh, spirit steady. <laughs> well, I appreciate that so much. You're a good friend. Uh, I, I appreciate that. Here's the thing that drives me absolutely batty, which is where I need your help now. Uh, I understand this uh, situation with uh, with Tim Tebow. He was going to do a dedication for you. He got a lot of pressure, apparently, from the media. The media accused you of being uh, uh, homophobic and anti-Semitic, which for me, I mean... It was, it was, I guess when I first heard it, I was overwhelmed. First of all, anti-Semitic is a person who discriminates against or is prejudiced or hostile towards Jews. You've been on my show. Now, this is three time, and I'm as Jewish as they come. Yeah, well, David, I mean, the charge of anti-Semitic comes from saying that everyone, including Jews, must trust in Christ in order to go to heaven. Uh, that is hardly anti-Semitic. In fact, I have a Jewish friend in New York who called me this week. She's not a Christian, but she said, I don't understand all of this, said, I don't believe in in the New Testament, but you do. You're simply saying what the New Testament says. And, you know, David, we've said before, you know, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And I remind people, Jesus was not a Southern Baptist evangelist. He was a Jewish rabbi. And yet you look at what he said, what the Apostle Paul said, the Apostle Peter. Here are the three most prominent men of the New Testament, every one of them a devout Jew, and yet they said there's one way to God, and that's through faith in Christ. That is not anti-Semitic. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where if you were in this studio right now, you would be laughing. We are having a good time. Uh, here is your next trivia question. Better play the horn on this one. This one actually needs a horn. Okay. All right. All right. Now, now you're not getting that in the future ones. Okay, I'm just giving you this one. Okay. True or false? Jonah met his death when he was swallowed by a giant fish. Hint: Don't be theological. <laughs> you know, everybody's like, don't, 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 don't be. You know. Well, theologically, oh, stop that. It's a trivia question, right? If you want to get into the theological aspects of the deep dispensationalism that has to do with eschatological understandings of soteriology connecting to, to uh, pneumatology, fine. But we're not talking about that. We're just asking a question. <laughs> Got it? Okay, good. All right, I have uh, two jokes. One of them I have to be ever so careful because you know when you use the word donkey, like we use the word donkey, you know, that's not in the King James, right? The King James uses jack, you know. Uh, what is it? Rhymes with bass. So, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying, so when you hear this joke, kind of think in those terms. and Don't get all weird on me, okay? A young priest was traveling by train. Three young men who were making fun of everything did not spare the priest either. He didn't mind them at all. The youth lost their patience and said to him in a chorus, Father Abraham, we bow down to you. Father Isaac, we bow down to you. Father Jacob, we bow down to you. Suddenly the priest turned to them and said, I'm no patriarch. I'm Saul, the son of Kish. My father sent me out to look for his missing donkeys. Thanks be to God, I never dreamt I would find them so fast. That's not bad, but this one's really good. When Philip Brooks was recovering from an illness, he was denying himself to all visitors. Robert Ingersoll, the atheist, called at his home. The bishop received him at once. Mr. Ingersoll, I appreciate this very much, but why do you want to see me and deny yourself to friends? Bishop Philip Brooks, 
It is this way. I feel confident of seeing my friends again in the next world. But you, this is going to be my last chance to see you. <laughs> wow. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Okay. Ouch. Okay. All right, we'll just move on. Okay. Uh, trivia question. You see, you have to be very fast on these because I'm not slowing down today. True or false, Jonah met his death when he was swallowed by a giant fish. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770, 214-210-8483 is the text. And then david at he must increase.org. Again, don't get theological on it. Just answer it. It's a trivia question. All right, let's go back to this and understand what is going on in this moment that Manasseh, who is absolutely, without question, the worst king anybody... I mean, he's the worst guy. I mean, he's just so bad. I can't... I can't it's hard to express how bad he is. 55 years, total... To, I mean, 50 years, totally terrible. Can you imagine we had a president that was terrible and had it for 50 years? Oh, wow. That'd be, that's the time you want to go, oh, you wanted to be president? Well, congratulations. You've done a, a wonderful job at being terrible. <laughs> it's just like you just want to be able to sit. And so here, in the very last segment with Manasseh, this guy who's just like, wowzer, wowzer. Verse 13, so verse 12, in his distress, he sought the favor of the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his ancestors. And when he prayed to him, the Lord was moved by his entreaty and listened to his plea. So he brought him back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord is God. I am, I, I cannot, I am dumbfounded that Manasseh got the break. Now, I know, I know. It's because God's mercy is way beyond our understanding and how he, you know, functioned and what he had. But he was so bad and made the people of God so bad for so long. You just really thought that, you know, <laughs> maybe. And that's what we do. And that's kind of what I want to talk about is we have this mindset that's like, you know, how can the Lord let somebody like that be in a leadership position. One guy who's like, he's more than a brick short of the load. I mean, Manasseh was like, Manasseh was just like terrible. How could he let that guy keep going? And I hear the echoes in the audience right now saying, yeah, talking about where we're at in present day, where we were five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I do find it amazing as uh, long as I've been a Christian, which is a short time. It's only the 43 years. But every election is the most important election ever. Just, well, wasn't the last one? All right. Anyway, so the idea behind this is to understand that God does not ask us our opinion on these things. He doesn't. It's not. Well, what do you guys think? That's not what's going on. And the mercy of God is so much greater, so much more powerful than the concept of humanity and our understanding of what mercy should be. Every one of us, if we were in charge, would have chopped Manasseh's head off. <laughs> Get rid of him. But 
after all this time of being just this terrible, terrible, terrible king, he has this clarity, and in the clarity comes this turn to the Lord, and in turning to the Lord, the Lord says, okie dokie. And it's like, really? Aren't you going to beat him up first or something? And that's where we lack. We don't have the mercy skill and the mercy grace that God does. We don't operate in that. We operate in, well, I'll be merciful to a degree. And don't tell me you don't set limits on it. Everybody sets limits on it. Everybody I've ever met. And here, James 2.13 says, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anybody who has not been merciful. And then the very next verse, mercy triumphs over judgment. So I know, but we want some judgment on some of these people. They're terrible. That's not how God does it. But he should. That's not how God does it either. But those people are terrible. That's not how God does it. And it's so hard to hear that. It's like, but, but that's not the system that I want him to have. And God's like, tough. <laughs> Too bad. It doesn't matter. And the reason it doesn't matter is because God doesn't care that you think the system should be one way or another. He is just. He is righteous. I know that none of us are going to compare our righteousness to God's. So we're not going there. But he's so merciful to some of these worst people. And you just sit there and think, Lord. And then we get concerned about him being merciful to us, which is so weird because, well, I should know better. Look how merciful God was to Manasseh. How merciful do you think he'll be to you? When you blow it, or if you blow it, or when you blow it, any of those. How merciful will God be to you? This guy was leading the people of God astray, and God had mercy. How merciful are we? Oh, I just want to have that heart. That's the heart that Jesus had. I want that heart. I don't have that heart. I just want that heart, okay? Uh, true or false, Jonah met his death when he was swallowed by a giant fish. Uh, while theologically there could be an argument made there, the practical answer is false because it's really hard to write prose or verses when you're dead. Okay, so that, that kind of helps us understand that. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Let's get into our text, Colossians chapter. We covered everything, right? Okay. Colossians chapter 3, verses uh, 2 through 4. Whatever you do, or I'm sorry, it's uh, actually Colossians 3, 24. Whatever you do, do it enthusiastically. Is something done for the Lord and not for men, knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord because you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. 
The scripture tells us that whatever we do, now I've, we've gone through this a couple of times and we have to go through it uh, multiple more times to really grasp it, but that phrase, whatever we do, happens to mean whatever we do. That's what it means. And we're supposed to do it enthusiastically, with an eagerness, not with an obnoxiousness, with an eagerness to do it as unto the Lord. So the things that we're required to do that we have to do, there should be a disposition, an attitude of enthusiasm that is connected to the Lord. It's not that you like to do everything, but if you can understand that in the doing of it unto the Lord— you're doing it with a different priority in mind. You understand that? In other words, what you do, do it unto the Lord and do it with this attitude of a full heart and an eagerness. I had somebody, I'll say her name, Susie Lopez was at KPRZ. She was the direct marketing director. Uh, Susie did the marketing director for San Diego. She said something to me one time that was so profoundly simple, it was irritating because I had to do something for a client because that's what you had to do at Salem. And I was like, blah. All right. So she said, Dave, she goes, if you can't get out of it, get into it. And it was like, that was really good advice. If you can't remove yourself from it and you have to do it, at least do it right. I mean, do what you're going to do and do it with the right attitude. Do it with the right spirit. Do it with this uh, uh, better mindset. And I think she was more right than wrong. No, I'm not talking about doing bad things or anything like that. So stop. That's, that's weird stuff. I'm talking about doing it as unto the Lord and recognizing that when you do it that way, it is from the Lord and only the Lord that you will receive the true eternal reward. You might uh, go through whatever your process is, but when you do it as unto the Lord, you can recognize that the Lord is the one that brings the reward. And that's just living your life for the Lord. And that's just good, right? I mean, that can't be a bad thing. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where I am being forced to share a joke from Al. <laughs> well, because well, it's funny, that's why. <laughs> okay. Here's what he said. Now, it's a joke, people. It's a joke. Got the buzzer ready? Just in case. Here's what Al wrote. I went to the doctor yesterday. This is a joke. I was diagnosed with peekaboo syndrome. The doctor wanted to see me and go to the ICU. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's right. If I had a dollar for no, that's a good one. <laughs> I wanted me to go to I see you. Okay. Uh, here's your next trivia question. <laughs> Come on. True or false, the people of Nineveh did not listen to the prophet Jonah's warning that they should repent so their city was destroyed. True or false? If you think you know the right answer. You can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 
214-210. You can also send an email, David, at hemustincrease.org, and it is here that we send you to the website and remind you that money is vitally important to our continuation. Can't say it any clearer than that. Please check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. It's so short when it's short. I'm not sure how to handle that. I so love the. I know we're gonna get a long one on on, on Friday, but I'm just saying it's so right. I'm getting a long one on Friday. I know I am, but it's so short when they're short. Now it's like that was it. Obviously, a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. That uh, that's what that one was. All right, do we have somebody ready to answer the trivia question? <laughs> they they really want to. Huh? Okay, send them on through. Knock knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is um, uh, this is Don. Hi, <laughs> Don. How are you? I was gonna call you Uncle Don. <laughs> <laughs> how are you, brother? I'm doing good. I'm I'm uh, I uh, literally it's three weeks from tomorrow evening that I do my defense, uh, my uh, for the for the dissertation. So I'm three weeks. So I'm 22 days away from uh you know smiling yeah basically you still have to go through the couple of weeks of a couple other stuff but none of it's irrelevant i mean it's kind of goofy stuff so that's fine i mean i just want to get through it so i've studied up pretty well i feel bad for the guy that uh, the the team that's got to go with it through me what an an awesome accomplishment brother yeah it is it's uh i'm just i'm looking forward to you know my wife said hey guess what dave i'm like what honey he she said hey you're never ever 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 going to school again That's what she says. <laughs> it's like, okay, honey. Right, fine, because you might be teaching it, brother. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, that's the end. You're done. And yeah. it's like, if you want to walk without a limp, which I already have a little bit of a limp because of my leg, you want to walk with the other knee working, <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right, my good friend. Here we go. True or okay. false? True or false? The people of Nineveh did not listen to the prophet of Jonah's warning that they should repent. So then the city was destroyed. Right. The, that is a very interesting story because, uh, yes, they did. He did listen. They, he, they put everybody in sackcloth, including the animals. That is correct. <laughs> All the animals, everybody repays. Like, what? What's going on? It's like God had well, mercy. I'll tell you what? Go ahead. That was funny seeing a camel in, in sackcloth. You know, if you if you, <laughs> if you think about how how the entire group, and you know, the only person who was mad was the prophet. Isn't that amazing? Like the person of God sent by God. For God was the only one who was upset. It's like the, the church ought to learn a lesson just from that. Yeah. Like, and wow. Nineveh was a very large city. Yeah, yeah, and they were very responsive. It's like, yeah, hopefully our country will get a little bit more <laughs> in line. But yeah, that's that's really a great, great job. Excellent, excellent work. Okay, brother. All right. God bless have you. Great, man. Have a great Fourth of July. Thank you. I appreciate. All that. right. All right. Take care. Enjoy listening to you every day. Uh, Bye-bye.
Thank you, bro. All right. All right, let's do uh, – we're going to wait on the history. Is there anything we're missing? Are we missing anything? I'm just keep thinking. Just history. Huh? Just history, right? All right, let's do history. <laughs> let's go. Uh, Al wants to know if I will be live on Monday. We will not be live on Monday. I will be alive on Monday as far as I know, but that's up to the Lord. Uh, but we will not be live, so we have picked uh, what we hope is a good one. But then, on uh, I, you know, I, I, just the truth be told, I'm going to spend most of my time in the next three weeks brushing up. <laughs> so I'm just telling you. I'm just going to be honest. All right, history. Today, by the way, is camera day. Which would have been impressive, except everybody has a smartphone, and so everybody has a camera. <laughs> it's like, wow. Uh, today is Waffle Iron Day. Okay, I like waffles. I know. I like the waffle. I don't necessarily like making the waffle. I certainly don't like cleaning the waffle iron, but got to like waffles. Uh, International Mud Day, which I absolutely positively think is just a dirty, dirty holiday. And then uh, National Almond Butter Crunch Day. So I, I can't tell if that's like Butterfinger or is that the Almond Crunch, the little candy thingies? What is that? I have no idea. Okay. Somebody make some uh, Almond Butter Crunch. Send them into Captain Chris. We'll eat them, and then we'll talk about them. Uh, also, on this day in 1883, the first revolver was patented by David Colburn of New York. Uh, 1891, the start of the United States, uh, United States National Forest Service. 1937, the snowmobile is invented. My first snowmobile ride, I uh, was with my family in uh, Boyne Highlands, Michigan, and I was on the back with my dad, and I had my arms around my dad's uh, waist as a very, very young lad. We hit a bump, and off I went. <laughs> Somewhere in the air. You try to figure out what's wrong with me. These are all the things. Right? I'm telling you all the things right now. And then, uh, da, 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 that's in there. Okay. All right, let's go. That's uh, good there. All right, so uh, let's go into the part of the teaching that I want to talk about, talk about that I'm not going to do a good job in, be, not because I don't want to. It's just it's sometimes it's beyond me. So I get to share with you and tell you what's going on, but I also recognize I'm, I run short on some of these things. I'm, I'm not – when I teach you – I cannot take the position that some people do. And it's like, well, do this, do this, you know, because that's how you're supposed to do it. And I'm doing this. It's like, yeah, I know what we're supposed to do. I just don't always do it the best way. Here is a great example of that. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 through 7. You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your care, all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. In the structure in the Greek, verse 6 and 7 are one. I want to, The reason I want to bring that up is because if I read this as one sentence, you'll be like going, oh, that's kind of a new depth in there. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. When you do it that way, you begin to understand that part of the humbling yourself process under the mighty hand of God 
is letting go. And we don't tend to think of letting go as humility, but it is. We don't think of taking our hands off as being humble. We tend to think of <clears throat> taking our hands off because we've run the course and done everything else that we can do and there's nothing left to do and now we have nowhere else to go and now somebody's going to have to step in so now this is what's going to have to happen. It's kind of like we have more of a, a pride attitude or an arrogance attitude that's attached to it. But the scripture combines this and t tries to, I think, tries to teach us what it teaches us. We, I don't know if we receive it well, that a big part of humbling ourselves and then recognizing God's timing is letting go. And here's the thing I want you to catch. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. So that's kind of like exalting God and understanding he's in charge that he might exalt you at the proper time, which is the next way of saying it's not your timing, it's his timing. The proper time is not my time, it's his time. And in doing this, there should be a casting of that anxiety on him because he is in charge. I'm giving it to him, trusting him for the timing, and by thereby doing that, I'm casting it upon him, and I don't have to stress out. That's the part I don't do. <laughs> See that right there, that thing right there at the end? Yeah, right there. Okay. And and it's not, I'm not happy that I don't do I, I work on it on an every single day basis. And then you back up a little bit and you look at the verse. It says, younger men likewise be subject to your elders, all of you. Okay, so you had an address that was to young men, and now it's a breakdown for everybody. The all of you part makes, this is for everybody now. Because if it was a young man, I wouldn't have to pay attention. <laughs> anyway, so all of you, clothe yourselves with humility. Put those clothings on. Put the, We know we have to put on the armor of God to fight Satan and, and to fight the world. We know we have to put on the armor of God to, to beat back the flesh. But when we're engaging with God, there's a different set of clothing that we put on. It's called humble jackets and humble shirts and humble clothing, humble everything. In fact, they should come up with a, a, a clothing line called Humble. That would be a great idea. If you guys do that, you have to give 10% to the ministry. I'm just kidding. So anyway, the bottom line is, the bottom line to that is we have to clothe ourselves with humility. And God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So I, I'm going to make this as clear as possible. To, to be opposed is to be in opposition to. You want God fighting against you? Keep it up. You want God fighting for you? Humble. And it does say, uh, uh, humble yourself. Because if you don't, you can count on one thing for sure. God can help you humble yourself. So you can do it, or you can have God help you do it. That's a, that's a pretty straightforward decision. We'll take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. 
To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Now, if anybody gets offended at this, I apologize that you have no sense of humor. Okay. Uh, like that? That's a good line. <laughs> bam, bam. All right. Uh, here's the first one. A pastor was leaving his area and was saying farewell to his congregation at the church door for the last time. He shook the hand of an elderly lady as she walked out. She said, your successor won't be as good as you. Well, nonsense, said the pastor in a flattered tone. No, really, said the old lady. I've been here under five different ministers, and each new one has been worse than the last. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> Ouch! But this one, this is the one that's going to offend people, which is irony, right? Because that's more offensive than this is, and this is just too. F- and if you guys get offended at this, I, you know, take a take a week off the show. <laughs> uh, it seems there was a minister who had just all of his remaining teeth pulled, and new dentures were being made. The first Sunday, he only preached ten minutes. The second Sunday, he preached 20 minutes. But the third Sunday, he preached an hour and 25 minutes. When asked about this by some of the congregation, he responded this way. The first Sunday, my gums were so sore it hurt to talk. The second Sunday, my dentures were hurting a lot. The third Sunday, I accidentally grabbed my wife's dentures, and I couldn't stop talking. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMN 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're getting ready to offer up our final trivia question. I told you it was true and false, true, false, true, false. Here's your last true or false. The good news about true and false, you got a 50-50 shot. Okay. There you go. True or false? In Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan, three men passed by the injured traveler before the Samaritan stopped to help him. True or false? You know, we need to have 
You know, maybe Robert Stack, I don't know, he can't do that, but Robert Stack, you know, believe it or not, you know, true or false. That's what it reminds me of. Uh, if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. Uh, you can send an email, david at org. So for the people that text in, I can't always respond right away all the way, you know, like all the time. So typically I'll always give some kind of response like at the end. So just to let people know. I'm never dissing anybody on purpose. I just do it by accident. Okay, again, the trivia question, true or false, in Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan, three men passed by the injured traveler before the Samaritan stopped to help him. 972-445-0770. Or you can text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, David, at he must increase. Dot org. So it, I know for some people you're thinking, gosh, you, you're talking about this uh, subject and you're really kind of, you know, boom, 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 boom. You really, uh, you know, go after it. Here's the bottom line on these kind of uh, teachings that I that I bring before you. You know, I, I ask the Lord the best I can, just like you do, trying to figure out, you know, the way through. Uh, and I will tell you right now, some leaders are just like, just a much better job than I do in clarity. And the the truth of the matter is when I teach a teaching like this, I feel like I'm teaching me as much as I'm teaching anybody else, or at least reminding me. It's not that it's new for me, but I, I there's a lot in the Christian walk. <laughs> it's not, and it's hard to, you know, keep it all up and, 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 and do it. That's why you really need to be in relationship with the Holy Spirit. For those that are thinking, oh, I don't really need that. That's really too charismatic. It's like, that's just, yeah, you're not going to fulfill the Christian walk outside of the power of God. That's not going to happen. So uh, in this one, I want to make sure that everybody understands Proverbs 15.33. Proverbs 15.33, the second part of the proverb, I should say, says humility, uh, says, uh, this is what it says, the fear of the Lord is the instruction for wisdom, and before honor comes humility. In the process of being a Christian, we have been declared righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are saved. Do not misunderstand, nor at any moment forget you're saved, okay? The sins you commit tomorrow, blood of Jesus. The sins that you commit a week from now, blood of Jesus, okay? You're saying that's justification. That's the penalty of sin. So what we deal with, and we've talked about this before, is the presence of sin, the power of sin in our lives. That's the sanctification process. That's where God's making us look more and more like Jesus. And so the sins that we get involved with, the Lord teaches us that we don't have to be surrendered. We are not required to be surrendered to our sin. We can overcome sin. There's no uh, sin that you can't overcome through the power of God, period. And the rights that we gave to Satan as, a, as humanity were lost by Satan to Jesus because he was killed unjustly. And so we have the capacity to resist and to fight against sin, and that's what our sanctification process is. And it's good to remember, it's important to remember, one, you're saved, you're saved, you're saved. Number two, you're being saved, being saved, being saved, as in the sanctification made, made being made to look like Jesus, which is why you go through these growth 
realms of of doing better against certain sins than other sins. I mean, that's you grow in it, you grow in it, and then when you get on top of that, then there's this new set the Lord brings up to you. And says, what about this set? And you start working on that, and then you start overcoming that, and the Lord goes, and what about this set? And then you just, that just keeps going. I don't know why anybody thinks that's ever going to stop. And the idea is to, to, to keep that process going and to understand that you are reflecting Jesus more and more. But when you are done, when you are where Ray is, Pastor Ray is right now, when it is over in the sense of the penalty phase and the and the power phase or the you know your 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 future is this whole other element that is in glorification and it is away from sin, away from darkness, away from anything evil, away from tears, away from grief, away from problems, away from uh, the feelings of uh, inferiority, all of the stuff that we go through as human beings completely eradicated. That's what we're going to. And so now, as we are justified positionally and going through the sanctification process, it's humility first. Because the Lord is reflecting and teaching us piece by piece. You got to grow up a little. But when we're done, and on the other side, it's honor. And that's when it says before honor comes humility. Before you receive the honor, before you're in glory, before you go through that process, the Lord's going to teach you. And people are like, well, no, you don't have to really do it that way. And it's just like, look, you, me, every person who's named the name of Christ, we want to be like Jesus. Guess what? (laughs) Jesus in his earthly walk, humility first. After that walk, Honor. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. Specifically. Wow. I think, how does that work? Nah, I don't know all of that. I mean, I can't explain everything. Here's what I know for sure. The, the human walk, boy, there's a lot of humility there. And now that he's resurrected and glorified, and pfft, okay, done. Okay, that's over. Now we're dealing in, in the honor part. So what we go through now is the humbleness, and it is a direct connection and a direct reflection on the life of Jesus Christ. That first there was humility and then honor. The first coming of the Son of Man was definitively, just by becoming a human, humility. And the next coming will be definitively, because he's the reigning king, nothing but honor. That's what we go through. And I, I think it's a, it's okay to understand. You go up and down, up and down. But there is coming this point. And the premise of the whole thing I'm trying to teach is between now and the time you're actually dancing on streets of gold, the thing to wear and to live in is this great humility because God is so merciful to you that in spite of everything you've thought and done and everything you will think and do, he still chose you. And there's not one of us, if you're a genuine, authentic, Bible-believing, born-again Christian, there's not one of us that thinks we're worthy. Not one. 
every one of us knows how far we are or how far away we are. Yet by the grace of God, by the mercy of God, he, he, he breaches between heaven and earth, stretches out his hand, picks us up, hugs us, loves us, and keeps us close. It's like, how cool is that? See, this is why I don't get it. What I don't get is I get the and, and you people and they go to churches and people are yelling and they do protest. I don't get why we don't have more of this. This is like the greatest thing ever. God is so cool. We are, you know, by definition, we are kind of losers. <laughs> and then by God's grace, we become winners. It's like, come on. He will never abandon you. He will never quit on you. He will never give up on you, ever. But he will never ask you how your watch is because he doesn't care what your clock says. Okay, that's that's the hardest. So, so hard. True or false, in the Jesus parable of the Good Samaritan, three men passed by the injured traveler before the Samaritan stopped to help him. The answer is false. Only two men passed by. That's Luke chapter 10, verse 31 and 32. And that was the Pharisee. I think it's the Pharisee and the Sadducee, the Pharisee and the Levite. No, I can't remember. It's two guys. The third person that traveled by was the Good Samaritan. So the answer is false. Okay? All right. False. Roadhouse. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> it's a personal joke. Okay. Uh, we'll be done for today. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.